there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Yes, he's a mango, not a doctor. Dr. Bizarre. What do you mean a mango? I guess I guess we're getting so close to man- mangoes for health uh, going live that uh, we got an, a major announcement that uh, went out today, and we blasted it out through the email links, and it's also in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Dr. Bizarre, how are you? I'm doing great, Robert. How are you? Doing well. Superdome was back last hour for the most part, so uh, things are you know clipping along at a pace and um we had it was kind of it was a funny funny kind of hour because at one point there was a story that came through my 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 friend who i've known for the longest time way back in third grade just in the mail today sent me an old expired passport from the 1980s of mine i'm like Mm. why did you have my passport from the night not that i was looking for it but it was like a weird thing to pop in out of the blue (laughs) it was just like and of course uh super don wanted to see the picture and evidently while we were on the air my son took a picture of the passport because he was listening and sent it to Super Don. So now we're like going back and forth as to whether we're going to reveal my 80s hair, which was not so good. It was bigger than it is today. I'll just say that. Well, I, I was just curious why somebody else would have your passport, but I guess that's a different story, so we probably won't. I don't have an answer but to that. Listen, yeah. I what? said there is an unspoken rule that if yeah. you talk about it on the air and you're being, oh, I got this picture and I have big hair. And I can't got. remember that rule. Now you got you got to show it. Don, have you listeners, seen it? you have you have baited the listeners now, and it's unfair not to let them see. But it, it was like when I was toxic, I, Scott I Bell. It, it's going to look just like him now, except it's going to going to big have an Afro dude type thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, no. Look, I don't think it's that bad of a picture. I got chunky cheeks. I'm I'm toxic, Scott Bell. This was years before I knew anything I'll about tell clean you what, eating. Robert, I'll what? tell you what. I'll do, I'll sweeten the deal for you here. What? I will put a picture of me from the '80s with yours. Okay. How does that sound? That's fine. Yes. Show us in the '80s before we we knew okay. we would be brothers one day. That would be great. Okay. It's, this, this is a team effort. Team here. effort, right? Take one for the team. Doctor Batar is going to send his picture from the '80s next. No, uh, if, if you guys really want to see one, but I'm sure it's out there <laughs> somewhere, somewhere. Well, anyway, before we get there, there's a, a fascinating story, not surprising to us, about second cancers on the rise. I want to get to that in a moment, but what can we say? Obviously, we blasted it out through the email today uh, about the Mangoes for Health uh, and what that means, what's coming, and how to access it. And I want to just get a little bit more insight because we didn't really talk about the technology behind the reason for this. Why? What's so exciting about it? Well, we don't want to say much, Robert, for obvious reasons. Um, that's one sure. reason when people... When we launch September 1st, people will join the IADFW uh, with that access code that you have instead of $99 for an annual membership. They'll end up getting it for $1 for a lifelong membership because mm-hmm. they're listeners to the show. Yes. And then and only then will they get all the information. Very simply, we, we can't. It is so powerful. It is In the last 20 to 25 years, I would say it's the most powerful medical advance that I have seen. And... Um, well, Robert, at least you know what mm-hmm. we do. So if I'm saying it's pretty powerful, then you know what it is. I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't seen anything like this that's this easy to use and that's this effective. Um, but again, I'm also yeah. very, very painfully aware of how our um, so-called 
protectors, those that were appointed to safeguard our health, those mm. that have the agenda of protecting us and under the pretense of protecting us from ourselves, prevent us from getting information. So for that reason, the, the uh, IEDFW has been set up, and only those that are willing to jump through those hoops, you know, I've been mm. told by all the marketing people, you're going to lose people here, you're going to lose people there. I don't care whether we're going to lose 99% of them. Mm-hmm. Only the ones that are supposed to get this information will get it. Yeah. And I'm very, very happy right. with that. So if you're a hardcore lover of liberty, like we are in health freedom, and want to know things that you're not supposed to know, you're definitely going to want to sign up. We've got it linked up as well in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. Mango4health, the number 4health.com. Uh, the access code, if you're not on the email list yet, I'm going to go, go ahead and give it to you because you're listening to the show. You've earned it. It's 1358, 1358. That's the invitation code when you're asked about it. And the site will open on September 1st, but I believe you can sign up now. That's why we were able to send the mail out. Dr. Batar gave us the go-ahead. So uh, yeah. very exciting. And I'll tell you, when you go, when people go there right now, there's actually just scroll down. There's uh, two videos right now. There will be another video added every few days till September 1st. There will be a total of five videos. They're very short, about five, six minutes long each. It's uh, basically an interview that Ty and I did. Ty interviewed me. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that point, after that interview is um, concluded, which is basically one interview, but we broke it down to small digestible parts because we knew that time was going to be an issue for most people uh, on September 1st. When the site opens up, that's when you will need your access code to to join. Okay. And um, so, anyway, just keep that you know, for the people that just got that code that Robert you just gave out. You may want to give it out again, but just make sure yeah. they keep that code with them, and they'll have it in the emails that they're you're going to be sending out. Um, you won't need it today or tomorrow when you go to the website, but once the site launches September first, you will only be able to access it if you have that code. All right, one three five eight. That's thirteen fifty eight. 1,358, and again, we'll send another blast out next week, or you listen to the show, or go to the show notes at robertscottbell.com. So, first story as we do some more advanced medicine. By the way, medicalrewind.com, one of the greatest, easiest places to access the hundreds of hours of Dr. Batar and uh, and I uh, chatting on many of these subjects of healing, and sometimes irreverent, a lot of times very serious as well, answering your questions. Uh, sometimes you call in, sometimes you write in. Uh, but this story uh, the AP put out there, second cancers are on the rise, they say one in five U.S. cases is a repeat. Now, I'm thinking second cancers, once you had it the first time, why would you want it again? I'm sure nobody really wants it again, but they're probably not told that the risk if they get traditional oncological therapy, chemo, radiation, surgery even sometimes, uh, that you haven't done anything to address the underlying cancer. In fact, you may have made the body worse and more susceptible to future cancers, maybe the same kind, maybe a different kind. So is this at all a surprise to you, Dr. Batar, that second cancers are on the rise? No, actually, it's not a surprise at all. And, Robert, just to be fair, let's, mm-hmm. um, let's make sure that we put this all into context. So it's, uh, you're absolutely correct with what you just said, that the, sometimes the treatment actually renders the immune system more susceptible and makes the person more vulnerable to get a recurrence in cancer. But there are also people that, uh, for example, that have gone through our type of treatment. Um, it's not that often, but we do have it where there will be a recurrence in cancer, and that just basically means that we didn't effectively get rid of it the first time. Because even though the person um, is healthy now for the next four years, five years, but then when it comes back, it basically means that whatever the issue was was not adequately addressed. And generally speaking, believe it or not, the mm-hmm. metal issue, which is the first toxicity, the, the chemical issue, which is the second toxicity, even the opportunistics, the third op- um, toxicity that I discuss in the book, the seven toxicities within the nine-step book, mm-hmm. uh, even though those three are the most tangible and even the energetic toxicities, you know, beyond that it becomes a little bit more esoteric. And 
generally those uh, uh, toxicities have been adequately addressed. What hasn't usually been adequately addressed is that fifth toxicity, the emotional, psychological aspect. Yes, that's where I was going to go with that. I knew, I knew that was the thing that it's, it's very difficult. I mean, it's much easier to actually see cancer and remove cancer than it is to almost see the invisible, the mental, emotional, even spiritual toxicities, uh, fear itself and other things associated Absolutely. with it, abuse, other things. Historically, I mean, it gets to another place where some would say that's esoteric. It's not really. It's very practical when you get down to it, but it's not as visible often. Right. It's not as tangible and measurable mm-hmm. as they would say the metals or the persistent organic pollutants or other types of toxicities. And so you're absolutely right. That fear aspect is a, is a perfect example of one of the greatest ones. There's always an underlying fear. Um, the, the emotional aspects of trauma that people have sustained and, and had to combat for years, and, and sometimes we don't even realize that these things weigh down on us, and they eat away slowly, uh, uh, just like an abscess would slowly fester and, and, and swell and, and cause uh, dehiscence within that area it's basically an abscess I mean, cancer is essentially an abscess if you think about it and i don't mean it literally in the abscess sense but i mean that emotional psychological component for example if somebody has wronged you and you feel that they need to write they 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 have wronged you and that you have uh you are owed an apology and you walk around for the next five ten years of your life thinking and having that burden on, on, on yourself that this person owes me an apology and they're a bad person because they didn't apologize to me and they, they wronged me and they shouldn't have done that. And you walk around with that baggage, it just eats away at you slowly. And everyone that's, I'm sure, listening has at some point in their life experienced going to bed and having something that bothers them and just you can't go to sleep. And Well, this is the type of thing that we're talking about if, if it's left um, unchecked and it goes on day after day, week after week, month after month. These are the things that start eating away at us, literally eating away with us, and that's what really cancer ends up being. And so even though we may have addressed the physical toxicity aspect, if we haven't dealt with the uh, emotional, psychological aspect of, of this toxicity, um, the cancer more than often will come back. And um, the, the, the difference is, I guess, Certain types of treatments, they call it refractory to treatment, which basically means that the treatment is no longer effective. The, the nice thing is when, when you don't use something toxic like chemo or radiation mm-hmm. to treat an individual, then they're not refractory. Those same things can work again. You just have to make sure you address all those underlying components. You, you can't miss one. It's kind of like if you go out and you get rid of all the roaches except for one, that one roach can then, or let's say two, then they can reproduce and they can end up having more roaches. So you've got to make sure that you effectively get, the, get uh, all this uh, addressed and adequately um, controlled and then negated so that it can't show up again. And that's essentially what it comes down to. Yeah, and I and I, the distinction for me, of course, is not that they would never come back, even if you treat holistically. But as you said, there are other underlying factors. Again, the invisible side of things, often the emotional and mental issues, we can't emphasize enough. And even in certain cases where uh, you know you could argue surgery is necessary when there's a you know a life threatening aspect of a growth or a mass that's impacting on another organ or organ system. Uh, even they, you know, when you pull out what you can visibly see, the underlying terrain that brought about or precipitated the cancer may not be addressed if it's just a surgical maneuver. Well, it's not that it may not be addressed. It's definitely not been addressed because there's nothing that's done to the terrain. It's just the cancer's been removed. So by definition, nothing to alleviate the cause has been done, and therefore, by definition, it will reoccur again. I mean, it's not a question of if it's going to reoccur again. It's a question of when will it reoccur again. And mm-hmm. this brings up that fundamental point about a field that has a weed that grows in it, 
and the weed is that symptom of cancer. Well, if you think that you can go in there and pull that weed out and address everything, then don't you think that, that another weed could sprout up in that same field somewhere else? Sure. If you've ever uh, gardened, like I've been doing a lot of it recently, if you don't pull it out from the root, it's coming back. And what is that? The terrain that you've given it as well. You've got to take that into consideration. Please read The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. It's linked up in the show notes. If you're a new listener, you haven't gotten it. If you're an old listener, you better get it. You better have it. Maybe two copies. When we come back, Big Farmer's Reputation on the line. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. information is so good it requires no expiration date the robert scott bell show all right while super don threatens to put up a picture of me from the 80s he's going to put one up from himself we don't have one from dr batar yet we'll check check it out uh but check out the notes robertscottbell.com and of course mango for health information there with the code uh we were talking about terrain 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 we can't say it enough and i mentioned kind of gardening and pulling out the entire thing from roots and all but I, I mentioned the train. We went to break, and I think there's more to say about it, Dr. Bittar. Make sure that the listening audience understood that the one comment you made, you said, unless you get the weed and pull it out by the roots, it's going to come back. And I would say that that is actually incorrect. Even if you pull the weed out by its roots, there is still a high chance that the cancer will come back or the weed will come back because you haven't done anything to the terrain as you just talked about mm-hmm. before the break, Robert. Yeah. Meaning that if you have a field and you have whatever is in that field allows for a weed to come up. And sometimes, remember, the weeds are not just because there's something wrong with the soil. It could be actually that the soil is deficient or it's imbalanced or whatever the case is. And in the case of cancer, it's, it's like either toxicity or it's malnourishment at a very specific point in the cell, usually mm-hmm. a combination of both. So if that is the situation in one part of the field where a weed can come up, don't you think that it's also possible that on the other corner of the field that mm-hmm. the terrain is also set up that's caused an imbalance that will also cause a weed to come up? So you could pull that first weed out by the roots and all, but that doesn't prevent the weed from coming out of the different place in the third place in the fourth place in the fifth place of the field. Sure. Contemporary so example. That. Dr. Batar, very contemporary, Jimmy Carter, former president Jimmy Carter. He had uh, cancer they found in his liver. They pulled out a mass of his liver, and then the next, very next week they say, oh, my gosh, that same cancer was also in his brain. They said it was a form of melanoma, interestingly enough. To, to your point, the other end of the field had yeah. it. They pulled it out of one, completely roots and all, and look, it's already up there. And this is one of the things that, you know, sometimes we call these types of cancers, we call them metastatic disease, meaning there's a cancer, like in the case of Jimmy Carter, mm-hmm. that was a type of melanoma. So it's the one primary that actually affects two parts of the body. But I have actually had patients that have had two different primaries where they'll have an endometrial carcinoma and they'll also have a breast cancer. And this is the only way we can tell this is by doing certain tests that allow you to see the etiological aspect. Because really, are you, are you going to be able to tell if a cancer comes in, in the bone and in the breast that it's two different types of cancers or is it the primary cancer and yes you can tell if it's primary one cancer or two different types of cancer by doing histological examination or doing a biopsy Mm -hmm. or doing uh, some of the other types of tests that we do but there's also a way to look at molecular uh, weight of the proteins that are being sloughed off and to assess 
which type of cancer that is. And so my point being that what you just gave the example, that's actually a cancer affecting two different parts of the, of the body, meaning it's a weed species mm. that's affecting two different parts of the field. But you yep. can actually have two different types of weed that are affecting different parts of the field as well. Sure. Meaning one Absolutely. primary with metastatic sites versus two different primary cancers. And the, the point being that just because you take care of one doesn't mean that you've automatically taken care of the other. And usually it means you have not unless you do something, again, to that, coming back to what you said, the terrain, mm-hmm. until you've done something to take care of the underlying imbalance in the body being either toxicity or malnourishment, usually both, that causes cancer in the first place. Sure. And, and, you know, we don't want to de-emphasize also uh, surgery as a radical procedure. You know, anything that opens and violates the natural order of your, you know, your skin, your external organs, internal, et cetera, it, it, it's an injury. It's a wound. And you don't want to take that lightly. I know surgeons don't, and they're good at what they do for the most part. But the point is that as, that as well as a trauma to the body that you also have to recover from. So if you're not taking care of the terrain simultaneous to a surgery or preparation for or certainly in follow-up immediately, you are setting the stage for like the opening story is about these second cancers. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, we have actually had patients that have gone for cancer, surgical debridement, what I call surgical um, I call it a surgical debridement, essentially, but Mm -hmm. it's actually to reduce the tumor burden. We have done that before, but they never go in just blindly. We first prep their body, as you just said, to prepare Mm -hmm. not only their body and their immune system to be able to handle it, but also so that they can recover from it faster. And also, we want the cancer to be in a regressive state, not in a proliferative state, so that you get a a cleaner resection, if you will, or a cleaner debulking, if you will. And mm-hmm. we have had, um, there are at least a half a dozen cases that come to mind right now when, I, when I'm talking to you, where patients have gone in to do surgery. I had a guy with colon cancer this happened with. I had another lady with uh, endometrial carcinoma that this happened with. When they went in two, three weeks after we did our, to prep them for the surgery, yes. and when they went in to do the surgery, they found not only necrotic tissue there, Robert, the, the cancer. <laughs> the cancer was already on the way out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you prep the terrain, sometimes by the time the surgeon gets in there, it isn't there. There's no there there. Isn't that cool? When we come back, we'll talk about the terrain for Big Pharma as well as what's coming through breast milk. The revolution will be broadcast. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, Super Don threatened it. He did it. He revealed the photo. It's up on the Facebook. I don't. Know, I hope he doesn't tweet it out. But Super Don, you you look like uh, you're coming door to door to give me Bibles, uh, and I look like a you know very <laughs> scary member of the knack. That's just I don't know. Yeah, you do. What's wrong with the knack, right? No, nothing wrong with the knack. But this was toxic, Scotty Bell, Doctor Batar. This was the you know many years before, maybe a decade or more before. I knew anything about food. You know, I was a toxic American eating all the garbage, and my face is puffy. There I have is big no glasses. Way. What? Look, you don't look at this this picture of you and go, mm-hmm. oh, look at him. He no, was eating, he was drinking Coca-Cola. I yeah. Mean, it's just a picture, man. He was eating Big Macs. You can see it. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It all went to my head. Unbelievable. Anyway, you guys want to see it, we'll maybe post it at robertscottbell.com along with a link to Mango 4 Health, Mango and the number 4, 
and health.com. The invitation code 1358. We're going to be talking more about it next week as well, so get ready, get ready. Uh, Dr. Batar is with us doing advanced medicine. Remember, medicalrewind.com, the easiest way to access hundreds of hours that we have together. Also around the world, you can listen right here on our syndicator, GCN, GCNlive.com, and all radio stations, as well as Natural News Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, UK Health Radio across the pond, and our good friend Jerry Doyle, Epic Times. So lots of ways to get this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. And uh, we were going to talk about big pharma, and it's interesting. Sometimes we wonder, you know, are people catching on to this? And we know they are. But when you got a, a fierce pharma marketing coming on and acknowledging the reputation of big pharma is, is below the toilet, it's, it's kind of interesting because the Kaiser Family Foundation did a health tracking poll for August. And they said only 4 in 10 respondents have a positive view of pharma companies, which ranks below almost every industry except the oil industry, which is near it, but a little below it. But Big Pharma did win one of the survey questions about which <laughs> which industry did you have a most or very unfavorable opinion of, and it won. Big Pharma won the very unfavorable opinion. So the message is getting out, Dr. Batar. Yeah, I think that they've got some major PR campaigns that they got to put out there to try to negate this negative image that they've uh, got now, huh? Well, you think all the money they have. I mean, listen, they own advertising. It's them and the insurance companies. And I, don't, I know you don't watch this stuff, but if you ever watch commercials, the ones that are most entertaining are the insurance commercials. I mean, they're actually creative and funny. But that yeah. tells you how much money they have to invest in it because, you know, how much money is wasted in the third-party payer system that isn't really insurance, not really insurance. I'm going to tell you, we, we have a, a like an accident, trauma a thing for, you know, kids that go to high school and they're in athletics. You can buy a policy for 140 bucks for the year. All it covers is injury, right? Unexpected catastrophe. None of this other garbage is actually affordable. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point because... Um it's really only the, with the exception of trauma medicine, uh, emergent-type care, really the rest of it, we could self-insure. People could actually do the things themselves. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, uh, Dr. Uh, Rowan wrote in his review of my book, actually put that down about, uh, I think he said something about what the federal health care mandate uh, couldn't do in, I don't know how many mm. thousands of pages. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, that Dr. Batar did in 384 pages or something like that. But I thought it was a pretty nice quote. But the point is that if we do certain things ourselves as individuals, take responsibility, take initiative, do what we need to do ourselves to mm-hmm. maintain good health. And, and by the way, we all have those uh, resources. We all have that power. We all have that ability as we say in our slogan, the power to heal is yours. We all have all those components, not even from a figurative standpoint, but from a literal standpoint, we can do all those things. It's only the emergency type thing. You fall from a building, you know, you break your right. arm, and God forbid you get in a car accident. Those are the only things that we really need this insurance for. For the rest of it, you know, if you do the right things, you're not going to have to worry about a lot. I'd say the vast majority, probably 90% plus of the uh, medical issues that people have to deal with. Yeah, for here, case in point. It's fear-based. Yeah, we are totally fear-based, but we're gardening like crazy now. we got this new place we're in, and we've been digging. We've been building raised beds. I, I planted tons of stuff. I'm digging in the dirt. You know, I, I cut my finger, my index finger, right? But I'm not stopping. I'm like, I'm going to, you know, I just rinse it off, but I'm going back to the dirt. I forget, right? And it's filled with dirt. 
And it's starting to swell up and get, you know, sensitive. I'm like, oh, my gosh, could be infected. What do I do? I take my bottle of silver hydrosol. I spray it on a few times, come back again, spray it on a few times. Done. Over. No infection. It's cleaned out. There's no infection anymore. And it, we, we so-called nip it in the bud. I mean, I don't want to wait till my fingers fall off. But the point is you react appropriately. You know, you might use herbs. I have homeopathic remedies. That's the point of abandonment that we've reached over the century, the last century, where we've given up the ability to do those basic things. So then people end up at these dock-in-the-box trauma centers or Obamacare for a little infection that they could have taken care of at home for nothing. Yep. Uh, I mean, I totally agree. And I think the, you know, this goes into the entitlement aspect and the, and the, and when I say entitlement, I'm not talking about people that really need help. I'm talking about the entitlement aspect of, like, people sitting back and thinking that something needs to be done for them. For example, I have seen, um, it has nothing to do with the amount of money somebody has, by the way, because some of the people that are very wealthy seem to have that entitlement aspect, too, where they think that they don't have to exercise and they're going to still mm-hmm. reap the benefits of exercise, almost as if, you know, sitting on your rear end and then saying, well, I can just go get a bypass if I need it. Uh, you know, that, that type of mentality is, is not conducive to having, um, it's not conducive to living a long life, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And then you wonder why, again, we come back to the cancer scenario. Did it happen because of your genes or because of what you did in this lifetime that you have? And I'm not saying there's no impact. We've talked about this, genetic predispositions. Uh, myasms, other things we carry forward from, from generations past. But the reality is these things don't have to manifest if you live a different way. And it doesn't only mean live a different way by diet, because we also acknowledge you could eat perfectly and have an emotional trauma that you carry from back, or you even talked about carrying anger and demanding forgiveness that never comes, and it manifests physically as cancer, for instance. So that's why, again, the nine steps, I bring it up, Dr. Batar, I'm sorry, i got to do it. Uh, this is a great book because it goes into all of that, and that's the whole terrain that is conceived and considered in terms of healing. It's not just one thing, it's everything. Well, I think that the other aspect of this, Robert, that, that we really, really need to always remind people, and we've talked about it many times, when you're dealing with your, your body, um, there, there are certain components that we need to remember uh, that how the, how the human brain works, for example. So when you're dealing with your body, the brain thinks that it, there's a correlation between the amount of money you spend and the benefit that you receive, where some of the greatest benefits you can do for your body are completely free, i.e. exercise, for example. It is fundamentally available for anybody. You can push yourself. I hate it myself. I haven't even worked out today. After I get <laughs> off the radio, I have to go work out because... Mm-hmm. You know, I, maybe I need the message right now myself because I didn't work out. I did work out yesterday. Yesterday was Sunday, the day of rest, but I still worked out. But I didn't today. Now, why do I bring that up? I bring that up because it is a fundamental component of health that if one ignores, you are basically ignoring one of the most significant and and important and actually critical things that the Creator gave to us. In other words, the ability to move. And if we don't yeah. move, because in today's society we don't tend to move, if you don't move, what you don't use, you will lose. There's that adage from that our grandparents used to say. Well, yeah. it's something that people need to remember. So, so don't have that misconception that because it didn't cost a lot of money, because it was free, it doesn't have value. Some right. of the greatest things available to you are free. Yeah, you missed the moment of duh the other day, uh, Super Don found, which is another study that showed uh, seniors who exercise even a little, even if it's not what they say is optimal, are better than seniors who exercise not at all. Like, 
Who paid that's for that? They, that's what they did a study like that, huh? Yeah, they did another, and that was a classic moment of duh. Yeah. Uh, here's one, a WebMD moment. I, I don't call this a moment of duh. I mean, we do know that uh, breast milk is not as clean as breast milk was in the past because the entire environment of which we are all a part has been polluted by a lot of things. You know, since the Industrial Revolution, we know mercury started going out as they're billowing up the coal stacks and stuff. But add that and then some, right? The era of German chemistry of the 20th century in particular, petrochemicals. All these things that they manufactured that never existed before on the planet. And now they're saying PFASs are appearing in breast milk at WebMD. And they say it's perfluorinated alkylate substances. Are these the persistent organic pollutants you talk about in the book? Uh, they're among them, yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, so PFAS... And they're saying that it's found in concentrations increasing by 20 to 30 percent every month that babies are breastfed by their mothers who have this chemical in their system. Now, I don't want the wrong message being sent because I think breast milk is way better than synthetic, you know, breast milk powder in a can. But they're going to move it that way because they're saying that this stuff is now impacting on how vaccines are working. So they're now blaming this in breast milk as the reason why vaccines aren't working. Yeah, the, and you know, you talk about absurdity, um, but of course, that you're absolutely right. This is a spin that they're going to do. It's always that type of spin to try to justify what they're doing is right and how the thing that has led to humans becoming the most populous uh, species on the planet, that has nothing to do with it. Breast milk, humans have been consuming breast milk <laughs> for, what, since the beginning of time, right? But of course, now all of a sudden, it's going to be attributed to... Um, the, the cause of vaccines not working, and it really comes down to exactly what you just said. It's what's inside the breast milk. We know that one out of six women of childbearing age in the United States are mercury toxic, for example, from the NHANES data that was released in 2003. We don't know what else uh, people are toxic from, but we do know that we tend to carry toxicities within the fat. The more uh, fat that you have in your body, the more chances you're going to be carrying more types of toxicities. And just looking at mercury as an example, we know that one out of six women of childbearing age are mercury toxic. I don't know about the this chemical that you're talking about or some of the other stuff, but it definitely is very prevalent. And in fact, one of the most effective ways to get rid of these chemicals, besides the, uh, we'll be talking about this on the Mango for Health, uh, how to get rid of uh, chemicals through the ozonation process, um, but is also infrared saunas. And that's also part yeah. of this uh, component that we're going to be talking about in Mangos for Health. Beautiful, beautiful. And, you know, here, the interesting case of the doctors actually acknowledging the role of toxins. Toxins are bad for you. Not like that's big news, but for them it's big when they acknowledge it, except that they're packaging this story as it's bad, not because it's toxic, but because, oh, it looks like the vaccines aren't working as well in the presence of PFOSs. PFAS. Yeah, they've got a hidden agenda. Yeah, absolutely incredible. When we come back, we got a story about blood pressure medicines in the elderly. We'll see if we can get to that. We've got a caller. We'll see if we can talk to her off the air to see if we want to take it on the air. Uh, 866-939-BELL is the number, by the way, 24-7. You can leave a message. RobertScottBell.com, linking out even to DrBatar.com. Yeah, even to him. He's a cool guy. Have you heard him? Yeah, he's on every week with us. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. 
Here's Robert. Just took a call from a nice lady in Texas in uh, Superdome. That was interesting because uh, Dr. Batar said, you know, they removed her gallbladder. She says, Dr. Batar says, you know, probably using her gallbladder as a hacky sack somewhere. I'd never heard that before. That was a new one on me. Where did that come from? See, and I, I, I was, I've, I've seen like the doctors and the, the you know, uh-huh. the assistants behind the, you know, the hospital during their smoke break playing hacky sack. Now I know it's a gallbladder. Who knew it was a gallbladder? What was that <laughs> during their smoke break? <laughs> That's you think, the doctors. You think those guys don't smoke? Yeah. No, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure many of them do. Yeah. I'm sure many of Absolutely incredible. But that was another story of a woman, nice lady from India, of all places, and uh, here in America, gets her gallbladder removed and is having problems. Doesn't know, you know, the, the doctor said her, her problems would be gone. Yeah, and, and the thing is that you know, this was a, I'm glad you were on the call, Robert, to soften it, because obviously, you know, for me, if, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you very <laughs> said that, you know, we did. We don't mean to berate you, but we're, we, this is frustrating. And it is very frustrating because when the person says that their one response is, well, the doctors told me. And it's almost like that's an excuse mm-hmm. to do something stupid that, well, the right. doctors told me to do it. Well, this is why we have been saying, at least you and I together have been saying this for over five years, mm-hmm. that just because somebody says something doesn't mean that it is the, the you know, God-spoken word. And you must... Open up your own brain and and figure out, does this make sense? Does it resonate with me? Does it appeal to my own intellect? And if it doesn't, then don't do it because you are your ultimate defender. And if you allow yourself to become susceptible to the powers that be, to the doctors, to the government, to the this, to the that, to the whoever else, then mm-hmm. nobody is going to I – mean, you, you can't – you will always be the person that will be the most interested in your own health. You will be always the person that's going to be most interested in your own finances. You're going to be always the person that's going to be most interested in your own kids. As soon as you turn over that responsibility to somebody else, to the pediatrician, to the, you know, whoever you turn it over to, they will never be as vested or have as much desire to get the best out of that situation than you would yourself because it's your situation. It's your child. It's your finances. It's your house. It's your mm-hmm. insurance. It's your whatever. So people need to remember that you must take responsibility and be proactive and think about things right now. This is the mo- this is the age of information. I mean, you just get on the internet and go through the stuff and look at it. I mean, I'm not saying that everything on the internet is true, but I'm just saying at least it gives you different resources and different opinions, and then go through it, decipher it, and then come up with what makes sense to you. What is your right answer? Don't yeah. just blindly uh, follow people. You become your own worst enemy. I mean, ultimately, by just adopting the perspectives of a doctor says, well, if we just remove that organ, all will be well. I mean, that's as bad as the, you know, the black magicians of old who, you know, would cast a spell. I mean, and those things were very real for those people as well. But uh, this, I, I mean, yeah, it was an interesting call for sure. And she was nice. She sounded like she was from India as well. I said, go seek out a homeopath. And she said, I did. But after the surgery, I'm like, not don't wait. See, surgery should be your last resort, not your first resort or second or third. And, and, you know, as you've said so many times on the air, too, it's like you come to me and you say your, your, your gallbladder is at 10 percent, you know, that moment when the light goes on and you say, wait a second, why not bring the gallbladder up the rest of the 90 percent instead of removing it down to zero? Yeah, or hell, just take it up five more percent. <laughs> not, don't reduce it. It's down, it's down yeah. by 90 percent. You know, don't let it just take it all the way out. I mean, yeah, it's, again, we just, as a society, we have to start mm-hmm. thinking about how you know things work in doctors in many countries uh, even this day don't get paid unless the patient remains healthy as soon as the patient becomes sick 
the doctor doesn't get paid. So just look at the yeah. incentive there. And if we change that incentive here, how many, how many doctors do you think, or how many patients do you think would be sick if the incentive was only to keep people healthy? Yeah. By the way, this last article, we're almost out of time, but uh, healthfinder.gov is talking about, you know, patients are, are you know, que- questioning whether medications like cholesterol lowering and blood pressure lowering could contribute to memory impairment. This article says that there's no point in removing those drugs from old people because they don't get their memory back. Well, this is an argument yeah. to keep drugging them. Oh, man. Just, it, it's incredible. Yeah, the logic is just, uh, whoever, whoever came up with that, I think they've got some memory issues themselves or some logic issues themselves. I think so. I think so. Well, if you have any memory issues, I'm going to give you that number right now, the invitation code. If you go to Mango for Health, you're going to want this, 1358-1358. Instead of $99 a year to become members of something that you'll get access to all kinds of information we can't reveal on the air, uh, it'll be $1 for life. That's it. Uh, it's in the show notes at robertscabbell.com. We did an email blast today as well. Dr. Batard, great advanced medicine, great medical rewind today with you. Same here, Robert. Look forward to next week. Do me a favor. Tell the folks what they need to know. That the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show.